Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at the life of Frank O'Connell, who started out as a farm boy, but eventually became one of the most successful food industry icons in history. Now, Frank is an inspiring role model with an impressive list of accomplishments from serving as president of Reebok Brands North America to president of HBO Video and chairman and CEO of Gibson. Now, Frank has achieved remarkable feats in the business world, and I'm excited to be able to share his story with you. Now, his unique approach to high performance includes masterful strategic thinking, brand building, breakthrough marketing, and new product development. With his book, Jump First, Think Fast, an unconventional approach to high performance, Frank has set out to continue to capture readers all around the world. Now, together, we'll be discussing how he used risk to achieve success and how you can too by applying his strategies in your own life. So before we get started, please click the like button below, share it with your colleagues, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and social media at Glenn Yopis. Let's get started. You are listening to Personalization Outbreak, a podcast about the collapse of traditional corporate standards in today's more personalized world. I'm Glenn Yopis. I'm a leadership strategist, author, contributor to Forbes, and founder of the Leadership in the Age of Personalization movement. On this show, I'm interviewing executives across multiple sectors to find out how the balance between standardization and personalization can exist. Frank. It's an honor to have you with us today. Thank you for being here and uh, sharing your wisdom. Well, thank you, Glenn. I look forward to having some fun on this conversation, and hopefully our audience will take some valuable bits away in their own for their own lives. Well, after having a chance to meet uh, you last week, Frank, I'm sure that's going to be the case. So, you know, we always like to get to know our guests as individuals. So, Frank, um, what are your origin roots um, of your unconventional thinking, was there a particular person or a set of experiences or in the early stages of your life or career that helped shape your thinking? They, there certainly was. Um, I grew up on a farm in upstate New York, and uh, my father died when I was two and a half years old. My mother, who was a city girl, stayed on the farm and learned to run it. And if there ever was a phenomenal mentor and someone who encouraged me not just to get an education, but to take risks, it was my mother. So I started early on with all sorts of 4-H projects and, you know, raising, you know, cattle and buying equipment. And I'm, you know, I'm a kid, you know, and, but you love you know, everything is problem solving when you're on the farm. So, you know, I think you'll get a kick out of this. So I buy 600 laying hens and I hit the worst year in 40 years for the wholesale egg market. Like, what in God's name am I going to do? So I said, well, I'm going to try selling them on my own route in town, door to door. So on Friday night, my mother 
I'd be in the back of the car with all my egg cartons and she'd take me door to door. <laughs> and that's the way I got higher margins and bailed us out. So that was kind of the start. And then of course, I went on to Cornell and I suddenly found out, whoa, and this is, you know, how I always encourage young people. And when I work with them, I said, know yourself first, get a good, what's unique about you? What's different about you? That's what you've got to, you know, amplify. So I, I suddenly find out I'm, I love consumer product marketing and I'm wildly curious about, you know, consumer behavior and I love research and all of that. So then I go to work for Carnation Company in my first job. I'm so lucky. They have a great training program. I work in all of the areas of the business. And then they plunk me into new products. And I work on one of the greatest successes ever in the food business, which is Carnation Instant Breakfast. Hey, that and, reminds me of my childhood there. Oh, God, I'm good. I hope it was a good memory. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, you know, and then, you know, we expanded into all the flavors and cut into the middle of battles in the middle of the cereal section, you know, and uh, then I started expanding all the flavors and then other products, you know, like today, Coffee Mate is an example and cocoa mixes and whatever. But I, that's where I started to learn, whoa. I got educated on new product development and understanding the and starting to trust my intuitive feel and um, also speaking out. And that's one of the things I definitely keep coaching young people. Even early on in your career, don't be intimidated. Ask questions and give your give out your ideas so i mean carnation was a wonderful place for me um to develop my whole you know consumer products uh field I love and then it. i'm from there to develop a bunch of wild new products so well you know think about this uh frank you you learned on the job some experiences that are just they're invaluable you know they don't teach that in school uh, and oftentimes you got to figure it out as you go. Yeah. Um, how do you think that this, uh, your farming experience really helped you become much more curious? Because I've got to believe that when you're on this early, you know, fast track over at Carnation with this incredible opportunity to build some new, create some new products, that your curiosity expanded even further. I mean, in other words, let's let's switch this. How would you advise a young employee or maybe a, a fast track executive on how to expand their curiosity? Well, you know, I, and I've got kind of lots of lots of thoughts about that. But, um, you know, it's constantly throwing yourself into new learning experiences that are a reach for you into areas where you don't really know everything. And you've got to learn very, very, uh, very, very quickly. You know, um, I, just I like to... you did when you were the boy on the farm with your mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and we had to figure out how are we going to make money? What crops we had to switch? You had to go into beets, you know, I had to pigs and whatever to try to figure out, oh my God, how am I, how am I going to make money? But also the other part of that is I learned about taking risks. I remember sitting with my brother in our house on the farmhouse. We had, we were just getting ready the next day to harvest 15 acres of soybeans wow. and a hailstorm came through. 
completely shredded the entire crop, you know? So I learned, you know, when my nature was my, you know, was my boss and I learned to live with those. Okay, now what am I going to do? You know, and that constantly goes on in your career. And, you know, in my book, I write about failures as well as successes and what, how, how to overcome quickly failures. And as all my friends say, Frank, when every time you fail, you fell forward into a next good, great situation. Well, tell us a little bit, a bit more about failing forward, because this certainly uh, shifts the way we think about maybe not getting it right. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of what I learned out of these experiences, and I want to take, you know, people ask me, tell me about some of the early, I'll call them failures or setbacks. So one was, I, you know, I go to work, I'm hired by Reebok by the board really to come in and bring a professional approach um, to the, the, the sneaker business and they're losing market share. They have no product development. They have a very interesting um, culture because the founder was never ran a company, was a tribal chieftain. So everybody kept guessing, what does he want instead of thinking independently? So I come in and of course blow all of that up and say, we need a new product and we need it fast. And of course we developed the pump. And then it was, we need advertising nobody else would ever run to support the pump. And that was the famous bungee jumping commercial, you know, where, you know, a Reebok and, and, and a Nike jumper jumped off this bridge in Oregon and only the Nike guy came back. And of course, what we, it's a dramatic demonstration of the best fit. Of course, you know, one of the networks said, we're not going to run it. Everybody went crazy. They said, every Frank, every mother in America is going to call you. It was the amount of publicity. We did a billion dollars in the first year. So that's kind of an example of that, you know, thinking independently and differently. Well, and it's also an example of the importance uh, of independent thinking. And I know that that's really important to you. Um, how would you advise someone that maybe doesn't work in an environment that allows for independent thinking? Because that's where things need to be headed now, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it, if you don't now, I'm, I'm going to speak on the side of a CEO. If you don't create an environment for independent thinking now and taking risks with people and removing the fear of risk, you can't attract the real talent in today's market because they want that sense of their being able to make a difference and to drive something and, and to develop something that is unique. So I try to create that, you know, that environment. Now, it's hard. I do, I coach a lot of people who, Aren't who are risk averse, and then there's a whole, you know, group of people now, a class of people who are very risk averse, and with all the jobs out there, it's worse because they can. I can always get a job, and trying to get them out of that mode is really something I spend a fair amount you know, of time with saying, look at your peer group and who's succeeding. It's the ones that are taking risks. Read books about the, the really successful people. They're, they're taking, they're taking risks. So. 
So, so Frank, take us back to your book. I mean, first of all, I highly recommend it. I mean, th- this is a book that not only provides just nuggets of wisdom um, through the many, many stories that you have provided, but it's almost uh, a playbook for someone who is afraid of risk and yes. is uh, maybe one that's not prepared for the unknown. And you really help inspire that, you know, part of the journey is it's okay to not be prepared for the unknown, but you got to know how to pivot. So how did you come up with this title of jump first and think fast? Well, because a lot of it is based on my going into situations, not having any idea how exactly I'm going to win in that situation. And it's normally a new environment. I don't know, you know, a a lot about and then you've got to really be agile and think fast and sort things out get a plan and i'm very big on get a strategic plan get the right talent in place and then you know you're you know you're on the road to you're really on the road to success but but you know frank you talk about this difference between mindsets and skill sets what's the difference and why are they both important well, you know, it used to be we would hire skills, skill sets. And coming out of college, we were looking for the latest, greatest sets of toolboxes and analytical skills that, you know, people brought in. Then later in their career, we were looking for what experiences they had had, et cetera. Now, totally different. Everything is moving so fast. You know, like I have a I'm, I have a toy company now called Schilling, which is going through the roof, incredibly successful. And, you know, the, but the technology first, you know, it's everything from the consumer changing so fast, you know, in terms of their behavior, particularly millennials and Z's. So in my business, from a consumer standpoint, you know, it's getting hard to predict. They're moving so, you know, they're moving so fast. And then, of course, you know, you get all of the new, you know, technology coming in that nobody's been exposed to before before and you keep you probably aren't learning in college because it's emerging so quickly so now what we want we want really agile people okay who can open their lens up who can learn very quickly very flexible or highly curious so those are the people now that we need not people with the who are still looking in the old rearview mirror from some skill set that they had that's probably obsolete now well, you're certainly talking about how too many people are stuck in these old, outdated standards, and we need to start unleashing the individual. So on that note, Frank, why? when did you realize that authenticity was a distinct competitive advantage for you? Well, you know, I, it's, I started learning that at Carnation, okay? And they they were starting to talk a new product development about a thing called um you know product positioning which oh. is how do you find in the consumer's mind a very unique place and put a differentiated product into that place so i started to learn you know about that you know at that point in time and then of course you know i you know i went on i'll give you you know another example i go into the baking business 
Um, I had my first job as a general manager in my late 20s, or a week. I go to Seattle, Washington. There is an old baker, grumpy old baker, and they say, Frank, you're probably going to want to fire him. I start to talk to him. I learned he knows more about fermentation, which is critical to baking. It's the art than anybody. And he and I together developed a product called Branola, B-R-A-N-N-O-L-A, the first high fiber, good tasting bread. It did $500 million in the next three years from, you know, understanding the unique, taking a unique, catching a trend. And the other part of that is being intuitive about what are the trends that are important and trying to catch those trends. I love that. And, you know, I think that has to do just as much with a, a consumer products brand as it does with an individual, right? I mean, when we know... Yes. Uh, what is distinct about us, then there are so many different ways that we can navigate and explore environments, both in work and outside of work, uh, so that we can, what I call, earn serendipity, right? But that's very difficult to do unless you know yourself, what matters to you and what you stand for. So and Frank, I would we, say when I'm working ahead. all the time, you know, with young young people and, and it's amazing, older people mid-career, uh, you know, I say, you know, step number one is you've got to know yourself, you know, and the trick in life is we can see everybody else. We can't see ourselves. So I kind of take them through a process. I said, okay, first is you, you know, what do you think is unique about yourself? And you got to put it down about five lines, but then you need often the help of people who are close to you and honest that help you do your self-assessment and yeah. say, you know, this is really what you're good at. This is what you're not good at. And draw out sometimes what is their real passion. And it's not always, you know, obvious. And in fact, now, you know, I send people and put them through what is called, uh, you know, the predictive index, which was developed by Dartmouth which is a really great tool to help you see what's really unique about you and what you, what positions, you, jobs you should go after and what you shouldn't. Well, on that note, as we wrap it up here, Frank, I mean, not every leader was taught the importance of helping unleash one's individuality. I mean, as you know, this is something that is really fundamental if you think about it, if you're looking for high performance, but many but in today's day and age, people think of unleashing individuality as some unconventional approach. So how do you help a leader understand how to stop suppressing their employees and how to start unleashing them? How would you, what would you say to a leader that's struggling with that right now? Okay. What you've got to do is um, move from looking at and managing process to managing results. So you need a clear strategic plan, yes, but then what you've got to do is delegate and set up metrics, you know, for your employees, agree with them mutually on goals and reach goals as well that you want them to hit. And then you kind of got to leave them alone to hit those and then what I try to do is remove fear of failure. Said, you know, I'm never going to criticize you for failure. Believe me, we're going to just move on. But I will for inactivity. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're in alignment here. It's really helping people kind of uh, give them the room 
to explore and experiment methods to get to those results based upon who they are as an individual, not based upon how we actually believe that they should be behaving. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So, Frank, uh, in the end, five years from now, what do you want Jump First, Think Fast to be known for? What, 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 what's, what's the legacy of this book going to be? Well, you know, what I want is in my design on the book was to do it through real life stories from the trenches, not how to books. Okay. So I wanted to make it real and authentic, but also highly entertaining from the stories that encourages people, you know, um, to go to, to really get their full optimization, which is using, using your life. I think Harvard did a study and said most people use about 30% of their life. You know, my wife said, I use a hundred percent of mine and 70% everybody else's <laughs> now, but then I want to give you kind of my parting thing is I have, you know, about, a mantra that I live by in that really is have fun, be fun, you know, enjoy life, enjoy what you're doing. And then the other part of that is always positive thinking, no matter what. And of course, everybody accuses me is Frank, you're always smiling, even in the most difficult situations. you yeah. smile. So those are kind of my mantras. I love that, Frank. Well, Frank, look, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, again, I highly recommend that uh, our listeners and, and viewers pick up a copy of your of your new book, uh, Jump Fast, Think. Jump first, think fast, right? right? Jump first, think fast. And as we always wrap up the show, Frank, when we lead in the age of personalization, you will see things that others don't. Do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit. Thank you so much, Frank. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks for listening to Personalization Outbreak. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed the content, visit ageofpersonalization.com to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day. And remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution not evolution.